The ship's intercom blared. All men to your stations. The whale meet is breaking up. Repeat, the whale meet is breaking up. Whalers prepare. Greatest Leviathan bearing port. Turning broadside to port. Boats away in three minutes. Repeat, boats away in three minutes. I better get going, said Jenks and lumbered off. Be careful, Avery called after him. Hinnis flashed an excited smile. Finally, we bag one of these bastards and we can go home. If there's any home left, Commander Hambry said. The Octungan were advancing through the pass last we heard, remember. There's still a home, she insisted. I'm sure there is, Avery said. And if we can bring back a whale, it'll be there for a little while longer. Lieutenant, I need you to move Sergeant Burka to the medical bay. I'll perform the autopsy as soon as I can, but at present, I need to be on hand in case of injury. Of course, Doctor. Avery set off toward amidships, Commander Hambry at his side. About damned time, don't you think? Hambry said. I thought that whale meat would never end. How long can they sing their stupid songs to each other anyway? In his mind's eye, Avery still saw the broad face and friendly eyes of Paul Burka. The eyes stared, glassy and still. He shook himself. Too long, he said. The mall and its sister ships had been following the gathering of whales for weeks, waiting for them to disband so as to make hunting one or more easier. Normally, the whales that plied the atomic sea were vicious and mad, driven by pain and fury, too irascible even to tolerate members of their own species. But every now and then, they would congregate. They would sing, they would mate, and the bulls would fight each other for the females, sometimes to the death. Avery knew Captain Sheridan had been hoping to pick up just such a casualty in the meat's wake, but the whales had not been accommodating. The rest of the whaling fleet had followed along, too, vultures after carrion. Part of Avery still found it strange that the Navy would devote so much time and so many resources to whale hunting when Ganesa was on the verge of being overrun by Octung. But Octung's advance was precisely why harvesting a whale, and its precious, energy-filled lard, was so important. Hustling whalers beset Avery and Hambry as they reached amidships, the whalers crossing to the harpoon racks to retrieve their instruments. Jenks, tall and broad even among the other whalers, selected his own personal harpoon, the notorious Nancy, which boasted what looked like but could not possibly be a bronze head. Its shaft had been shattered and replaced countless times, but that head had slain dozens of whales. Their bones had chipped and pitted every bit of it. Dead by Nancy was such a common phrase in the Navy that in recent months it had extended to every walk of a sailor's life not just on the mall, but the fleet as a whole. Whether grievously tired, sore, or hungover, a sailor might say, I'm dead by Nancy, or Nancy take me. Avery saw Jenks touch the spear to his helmet and hold it there for a moment, as if communing, before moving off with the others. The sailors readied the boats and affixed the whaler's lifelines. Despite himself, Avery felt a smile creep across his face as the boats, laden with cursing whalers, lowered to the toxic black waters. Lightning arced from wavetop to wavetop, one bolt striking a boat. Sparks flew high over the sea, but the specially wrought craft splashed down unharmed. A hiss of steam coiled up from its hull. The sailors gave a hurrah. Avery hurrahed, too. For a moment he wished he were down there, adrenaline coursing through his veins, sea spray splashing his faceplate right in the middle of all that excitement and importance. The lard from a single good-sized whale could stave off the army of Octung for a day or more.
The whalers manned the oars, and the little boats bobbed up and over the heaving waves, headed away from the mall. Ship-to-whale projectiles could be used in an emergency, but only then, as a whale would be drawn to any vessel that fired on it. In the distance, the animal's occasional plumes of mist shot high up into the night, geysers of steam and poisons, the plumes growing further apart as the whales separated. The pilot had aimed the maul at the largest animal and then turned sideways to it. It was very close. The whale barreled straight toward the boats. Avery's desire to be down there vanished in an instant, and he uttered a prayer under his breath for the men's safety. The whale slipped beneath the surface. The boat slowed and the whalers stood and coiled their arms ready to hurl their harpoons. Where had the animal gone? The whalers remained steady, but Avery could imagine their sweat, their fear, their rapid breaths fogging their faceplates.